0: Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellen Becker Investment Group. I want to welcome you to our special series of Money Sense, specifically dedicated to providing valuable information regarding the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic. For nearly 30 years, I have been helping listeners learn how to relate many of life's situations to their finances. This pandemic has caused wide-scale disruption in nearly every sector of our lives. No matter your personal situation, we strive to meet you where you are at, both financially and emotionally. Our guests during this series include a futurist, economist, physician, psychologist, as well as local Milwaukee business professionals to get their perspective on how you can apply their insight and expertise to your financial future. This important series will be aired on WISN AM 1130 during our regular MoneySense times, which are Saturdays at 2 o'clock p.m. and Sundays at noon. They will also be available on demand at EllenBecker.com slash or on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. We hope you will find these informative and be sure to share them with your family and your friends. Hi, I'm Karen Ellenbecker and today my guest is Gary Ross and he is the CEO of Ross Innovations. Gary has been on the show before and we have talked about business. And right now, of course, with the uh, COVID virus, business has become a really important topic. And Gary is the CEO and he works as a business coach. He's also a book author, The Growth Cube. And uh, I thought that this would be a great opportunity for us to really take a look at what's happening out there with businesses. And I, I guess we all know, because we've heard all the stuff on the news, but where it's really getting a little tricky now is I think how are people going to either reinvent themselves, get their employees back to work, and what is that you know gonna look like? So welcome to the show, Gary.
1: Thank you so much. I had a great time with you last time we did this, and we covered a lot of ground Really respect what you're doing. Thanks for having me on.
0: Well, you know, this is um, an exciting time. And I know that a lot of people go, oh, Karen, how can you say it's exciting? You know, it's difficult. But out of difficulties and um, is innovation comes and it can be very exciting for some people who were maybe looking at their business and thinking, oh, this is a drudge. And now all of a sudden, you know, they can be innovative and, and change it up. But I think the hard thing right now for people to understand is what is that next step going to look like? I mean, if you are going to open up those doors, which we hope everybody will, how do you do it? And how do you do it in in a way that um, is connecting and not disconnecting?
1: Yes. And uh, it depends on the business that you're in. Some businesses are very busy right now. If you look at something like healthcare. Uh, they are in demand. And uh, so that segment is very, very busy looking for people within the, on the front line. And other businesses are having challenges, something like retail or entertainment, anywhere where people get together, that is a big challenge. And some of the clients that I coach have retail businesses and a couple of them have stayed open the whole time uh, and just have implemented new policies and procedures and approaches to serving their customers, even in the middle of this, it's been really impressive to see how creative people can be.
0: You know, Gary, we are in a business that has been able to be open during this whole time. Of course, finances and money and all the things that do keep the world going and families. Uh, But we've been working remotely at home. We haven't really had anyone in our office. And I have to admit that Julie and I have talked about Working remotely for years and I've always been kind of the one that has said uh, I don't know I just so like my employees here and of course that personal connection with your employees around uh, money and their clients is really very important, but this has worked out really well for us and I have been really pleasantly surprised how how we've been able to stay in touch with our clients and to give the types of services that we're known for but now it's time for everyone to come back. <laughs> well, and the, the move and that's to, hard.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, everyone come back, but I think the other point you're bringing up is that the, the uh, people that have had operations, the CEOs that have had operations that have been remote and have been working remote, they have not felt a lot of impact. They're pretty much going on as they, as they were in terms of the operations and how they're managing. If their workforce was already distributed and doing things remotely, I've had a couple of clients like that, and they just keep on rolling. Uh, so this has accelerated the move to remote working. This virus has accelerated it, uh, and of course, not all businesses can be like that, but uh, some of them can. And I know a local company here in Columbus, Ohio, uh, for example, that just uh, dro- they dropped their lease a couple weeks ago. They had a lease, uh, and they're doing everything remote. So there's a company that was in an office that just shut it down. Uh, So big impact on the leasing of office space, if that continues to be a trend, but the companies that already were set up like that, uh, operationally, they're still moving.
0: So can you give a little bit of insight for our listeners who are business owners or actually employees? How does a manager or an owner of a company um, communicate to their employees how, the office is going to be set up now since the virus and how they're going to be able to protect themselves and still work within that office environment again. What do you see changing there and, and I know for us we've seen just the social distancing and we have teams and we're starting by bringing one team in two teams on Mondays and a different two teams on Tuesday and you know and and trying to do it that way but you know eventually we all hope to get back to some type of normal business structure where we're all working together but that of course isn't going to be just yet.
1: Yeah Uh, well how how will will it ever get back to the same way that it was where we were shaking hands and even hugging people. I've had customers hugging our call center people at my companies. <laughs> That's uh, me.
0: I'm I the mean, hugger.
1: <laughs> there are people that have done that, and now we, uh, we've we totally changed. Now, how long will it take to come back? Because uh, I'm a hugger, too. Uh, so it is a challenge here to get back to the way it was. But I think uh, I, I'll quote one of my customers, Ken Barton, who's uh, CEO of uh, Miniman Printing in Dublin, Ohio. He said, you know, told me that really the key for him is collaboration and communication among his team to being flexible. You know, Ken has a retail operation where they're printing things uh, and, you know, things are up and down and they're scary and no one knows where it's going. Uh, And uh, Ken's strategy, and I like it, is to open it up to the workers. Hey, what do you think's working? What do you think's not? You know, collaborate with them, get their ideas, be ready to change next week. Uh, because no one knows where this is going. So being flexible, keeping your communication open with your people about what's working and what's not and being willing to change.
0: I think the issue too is that just having the idea that business isn't going to go back to normal and how can you recreate and regenerate your teams? How can you lift them up? Because this has been difficult. And what I'm finding with my employees who are absolutely amazing and so committed to, Um, Our company and growth with a purpose for our company is that a lot of we have a lot of women and they have children and They don't have the daycare In place. They maybe have a spouse that's working. They're trying to work from home and this whole idea with Summer, you know, not bringing nannies in and not having daycare It's um, it's very challenging and yet business has to go on as normal, but we respect and embrace that each one of our employees has a personal life.
1: Yes, the school, you know, closing is really throwing a curveball in this. You know, if the kids were at school, I think people could probably work from home and get it done for the most part. But with the kids, um, it does make it so much more difficult. And I know the and school- how about
0: teaching? And yet they're also not only being employees, now they've got to be Um, teachers at home with their kids and doing homeschool.
1: (laughs) Uh, So how can they possibly be productive in your company and how do you keep that productivity up, you know, when that's, that situation exists. And, you know, there's nothing like a face-to-face meeting. So obviously if you can be face-to-face, I I don't even call it face-to-face anymore because right now we're face-to-face if we're doing video. Uh, So I, I just call it in person, you know, with the in-person meeting, there's nothing like an in-person meeting where you're all at the table collaborating and talking, or you're all at a networking event. It's nothing like that. So we can't recreate that totally. Uh, but that's not going to be here for a while. Uh, so how do we operate in this new environment and make the most of it uh, in the short run here? Uh, people, are, people don't want to work from home, I don't believe, in the long run. I don't think they want to work from home. Uh, and so it's, it's uh, how do we use technology? How do we manage them efficiently? Uh, you know, some of these meetings, I, I talked to some of my CEOs and they're, just, they're, they're getting Zooms out, you know, the Zoom <laughs> meetings are just are driving them nuts uh, because there's one after the other, after the other. There's one at 9 o'clock, there's one at 10 o'clock, there's one at 11 o'clock. Uh, and so how, do, how can we be creative with these Zoom meetings uh, through the way that we run the meeting? Uh, I mean, look at the way you're running this interview with your style and your questions. You're keeping things moving. Uh, you have questions. You're prepared. That's how these Zoom meetings need to be if we're going to keep our people's attention and we've got to get them involved on in the Zoom calls.
0: You know, I think that as doing these Zoom calls, it has really, they have tightened up. And one of the issues that a lot of um, people face is the fact that there are so many meetings and they're not efficient. And Zooming, I think, has made it more efficient and people getting things more done. But I have to add something really funny to when we were talking about the Zoom meetings. And I happened to be on a call with Christina, who is on my team. And we were talking about something, you know, pretty intricate. And all of a sudden, I heard this crash. And her son, Henry, had fallen off of a chair.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And
0: there and there was this, ah, you know, and, and I laughed. And, and I think that the other thing that I'd like to talk about is, as we as consumers and um, clients and whatnot, really having a level of understanding that technology, some of this is new for everyone, we're all kind of doing our best. And you know, we're doing it from home and there are going to be dogs barking and interruptions and Henry falling off the chair <laughs> and crying yes. and, and interruptions. So oh. the, world, the world is a little bit different. And uh, I know Lauren is telling me that we should take a really quick break. So when we come back, let's talk a little bit about these meetings and how clients and, um, and our customers and for us, our advisors, how we're all trying to figure this out so that we can um, maintain that connection and also continue to provide the superior services that we're all so tied to. And With that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense, I'm Karen Ellen Becker. I am the founder and the senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. And we are doing this new series of of, of COVID nineteen really because I found myself so frustrated with what was being done on TV and the sensationalism of different topics that you really couldn't figure out what What really had to do to you and what was really happening. So I've been inviting guests to come on my show to take a topic and to really talk about it for this hour. And today I've invited Gary Ross, who is the CEO of Ross Innovation. If you would like to contact him, you can do that by going inspireyourselftoday.net. And as I said, Gary is a business coach and he can give you a little bit more information. He's written a great book, The Growth Cube, and uh, we've just been talking about business in general. And prior to the break, I was telling um, Gary about how Christina's son fell off the chair and was crying. And um, I giggled and laughed because it reminded me of one that happened with my kids um, and my grandkids. But the reality is, is that's a business call. And We don't typically see those things when we're on a business call or a Zoom call. And so Gary, I think people have to really also um, be more forgiving and understand that these are times that we're all trying new ways of keeping connected with each other.
1: Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's an opportunity because, you know, it's always about how do you motivate your team, how do you motivate your people? And if you know them personally, you know their dogs and their kids and their husband and and you know their family environment you're going to be able to motivate them and help them hit their goals more effectively if you get to know them so i think it's a big plus you know just kind of be patient and empathetic as you're saying you know if things happen during a zoom call like that that are personal hey man you, you get a chance to get to know them better uh, and see what's really close and, and near and dear to their heart and uh I don't know if you remember when we last talked about, uh, coming out of my book, uh, I used to do something called an HDO meeting. It was a form of an appraisal, uh, but the HDO stands for hopes, dreams, and objectives. And we we would have a 15 minute meeting every quarter. So it wasn't an appraisal meeting, it was an HDO meeting. And we talk about hopes, dreams, and objectives. And most of the call, most of the discussion was around their hopes and dreams. So the goal is to try to get to know them personally.
0: Yes. And to know that we're all human.
1: Right. And people are stressing out just like you're stressing out. Your board might be putting pressure on you to get the business numbers back up. But keep in mind, your your people are under pressure also. Personally, I mean, one quarter of the people in America are unemployed. You know, so there's pressure all over the place with your associates. uh, So recognizing that you're not the only one under pressure.
0: I'm wondering for those people who are now thinking about businesses reopening, what is the best way to communicate? We all have different styles and I actually happen to be a style where I would walk up to my employees and say, okay, here's how we're going to do it. And here's what we're going to do it. Now, my daughter, who is president of Ellen Becker Investment Group, she will write everything out and she sends it out and communicates it, writing it out so that people have it. Um, that has never been one of my long suits, and I'm wondering what you would suggest um, for individuals or managers that want to, want to maintain that consistency through your whole company because everybody interprets things differently, and I'm guessing coming up with some kind of a written communication on a regular basis, um, not only to your um, clients and your vendors, but to your employees would make a lot of sense.
1: I think the main thing is to be consistent and do it often. You know, if you don't communicate, people get nervous and worried and could potentially leave. So I just think in the communication open, no matter what you're doing, keep it consistent and often at this time. And, you know, zooming out even from that, um, you mentioned my book, The Growth Cube. We talk about, you know, inspiring people, inspiring your associates. How do you do that? And I have a process called shear, and it stands for, the five uh, things to focus on if you want to motivate your associates. Uh, Communicate, what you're talking about here. Hold, hold means to hold them close, kind of like what we just talked about where you get to know the person. Enable, you know, give them the tools to do the job. Energize, you know, keep your Zoom meetings energized. Uh, Recognize, recognize people uh, for what they're doing, especially during these times. So I like to follow the cheer process to keep that motivation going.
0: When you think of the, this time and, and the motivation that, that people need, it's more difficult to motivate when you're on a Zoom meeting than when you're kind of doing a rah-rah-rah meeting and everybody's eating together and talking about it. How do you create that same energy online?
1: It is, it is difficult. We're going to get better. You know, I think just continuing to try to be creative, pick up the best ideas you can from meetings that you're in, Uh, You know, people want to see the meeting move along. They don't want you, you know, people want to accomplish things. Uh, So you're still gonna work toward accomplishing things. It's not just about making it fun, it's about making it worthwhile and making an impact. You know, so control the meeting, uh, make sure you're accomplishing things. Uh, You're gonna get to know people, of course, better, through, because they'll be at home. Uh, But I think being productive, and getting results really is what motivates people.
0: I also think that it comes from the top. If you're motivated and you're excited, your employees are gonna be motivated and excited. If you're, and I think that leads us into our next topic. If you're, um, down, if you're depressed about where things are going and you're walking around your office or you're doing these meetings from a negative point of view yeah. rather than a positive point of view, that energy gets picked up no matter what and it holds everybody back.
1: Yeah, well, we may have talked about this, but I have a startup company. I have a startup company that I have <laughs> on the side and I've studied a lot about startups, especially in technology. And uh, there was a, uh, the head of entrepreneurship at Ohio State University. He asked us a question, a bunch of startup CEOs, what is the most important factor in being a successful startup? And the answer is the enthusiasm of the CEO. Now, do you have enthusiasm to ride through the ups and downs and to get your team through the ups and downs? And I I think that's what you're saying, is that you've got to be enthusiastic about the future, where you're going, and it starts from the top. Yes. When yeah. you
0: when you're talking about Gary, the enthusiasm of of business in general, what can how can business owners take what they've learned from COVID nineteen and apply it to their business, whether it's shutting their doors, opening their doors, reinventing, coming up with new products? And I think the other thing is looking at is you it's given us a really good, a really good opportunity to look at our, each individual employee and ask ourselves, who's on the bus and who's not on the bus, and who's going to help us take our company to the next level. Who's going to be the one that the ones that are going to help us grow, um, opposed to the ones that are complainers and the ones that are constantly. Um, looking at what's not working. And I think that that's been, you know, a really important piece um, for us as business owners. And again, Lauren is telling us we've got about two minutes. So before we dig into that topic um, (laughs) about changing, uh, because people don't typically like change, but if you don't continue to change, you don't grow and you won't be successful. And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker. My guest today is Gary Ross. He is the CEO of Ross Innovation. If you would like to contact Gary go to Gary Ross at InspireYourselfToday.net. Is that right, Gary?
1: That's correct. It's That's a it. long word, but it's very motivating.
0: <laughs> Don't inspire it yourself is very tomorrow. Inspire yourself today. Today, absolutely. <laughs> and before I took the break, I was just throwing out some um, ideas to think about in terms of those, you know, that business owner that went through 2008 and that was tough enough, and now we've got COVID 19, and they're saying, I just don't think I want to do this anymore. I think I'm done. And then there's the other ones that are saying, I love so much what I do, but I don't know if I can make a go of it. I don't know if I have the stamina, the financial awareness to do that. And then there's also the business owner who's standing back and saying, I wanna make this work, but do I have the right employees? Do I have the right employees that are gonna help me to get beyond this and to make a go and make a success? So those are a couple of topics, if you could cover, that would be great.
1: Yeah, I think uh, the positions that we are in, Karen, where where we are advising people and coaching people, uh, those are great roles to have on your team if you're a CEO you know, get as much input as you can, because things are uncertain. So what are the experts saying? What are the advisors saying? What can you pick up from them to add to your arsenal? Um, You know, the CEO job is the same. You know, you're under pressure, the numbers are up and down. Uh, This is certainly a, a major impact, but probably one that most CEOs have faced to a lesser degree. I mean, we've had boards, we've had pressure, We've had uh, numbers that have went down uh, and we've had them go up. You know? So it's just managing that, uh, what I call the epicenter, where that pressure comes into the CEO. Uh, and if you love that, you're gonna love it now because there's opportunity along with this, ch- there, th- something's changing. We know that the model's changing. The business model, we're in the middle of a change and there's inflection points all over the place and there's gonna be people that capitalize on this.
0: That is so true. And then what about those people who just don't know exactly if they can or if they should open their doors? And I guess one of the questions always is, is why are you doing this? And what, what value can you bring? And who would want it?
1: Yeah, well, Lord & Taylor just announced this morning that they're, you know, they're filing bankruptcy and they're following <laughs> other retail companies. So you look at someone that's in a retail space like that, uh, those guys are closing doors or potentially closing doors. They're going, filing bankruptcy. Uh, what will the retail companies do? This writing has been on the wall. You know, it's, uh, one of my CEOs from Brawler Books, David Brawler, said, you know, if you're asking why now, you probably asked it before. You know, the retailers knew that this online trend was coming and a lot of them did not, you know, take advantage of it and move toward e-commerce and now they're really paying the price. Uh, so the... Are you, you know, asking yourself why? Is that something new? Or were you asking yourself something you know, why before? And was there already a problem in your core business before all of this happened? So the strong will survive here. You know, the people that were strong before, and the ones that had cracks in the armor are going to feel it.
0: And I think people, um, business owners now do have an opportunity to really evaluate all aspects of their business down to who, down to their providers, down to their customers, um, their partners, their employees. It's, you know, it's a really good time to do a good housekeeping
1: yeah, and I think the biggest uh, challenge here is you know, other than people that are in retail operations or, or entertainment and venues and those kinds of conferences, those guys have major operational problems. But the the one that everyone has is what will happen with client acquisition and uh, how do you acquire customers in the future? You, know, you don't have the same kind of things. Uh, like conferences or events or networking opportunities in person. How will you uh, acquire those clients online, you know, by video? Uh, You know, one of my customers says, uh, you know, his edge is that they're local, they're a small business. He can go down the road, meet with someone face to face. uh, And, you know, they can develop a relationship. They're in the same community. Well, now uh, people from outside that area can now compete against them uh, because everything's online. Uh, So how do we get back? Number one, how do we get back toward that in-person meeting so the small business person can really have an edge? Uh, And number two, how will you acquire your customers by more online, more marketing? Uh, You're going to have to do more marketing, more different kinds of marketing and online approaches than you did before.
0: I think so too and I think that the consistency that you talked about before because consistency breeds trust and we're all looking to work with people that we trust and that we believe are gonna follow through and also I think provide solutions and I know that's the one thing that Julie and I talk about all the time. When we sit down with a client, they want us to provide them solutions and to give them directions. Well, that's the same thing that we're looking from, from our employees and our partners. You know, people who aren't complaining about everything and down about everything, but people who come with solutions to make things better. And I think that's what the world is looking for, is a more positive outlook. One of the things that Julie and I talk about is having growth um, through purpose and through trust. And, um, you know, entrepreneurship, when I look at is, is really what you talked about early is all about passion, love and creativity. Most people who are the entrepreneur, the startup company, aren't the ones that are always looking at the bottom line, because they're driven more by a a broader purpose than, than that.
1: A lot of people are, you know, worried about marketing. They're worried about, you know, doing the things they did before the virus because, uh, you know, people are in the middle of this virus. Uh, And some of the people in their marketing are, you know, doing the wrong thing. You know, they shouldn't be out there promoting what they're doing so much. You know, really the focus has to be on your product. And I, I, I say in the Growth Cube, you know, when the customer experiences your product or service, do they love it? And that really is what it's all about. It's not about all the great things that you're doing, even though that is awesome. Uh, but you don't have to tell all of America that you contributed to uh, you know, a food shelter in Omaha. Really, the focus has to be on your product and the things that you're doing on the side to help people. Let that kind of flow, you know, let the word spread. You do not have to promote that. Uh, so I think uh, uh, you're, some people are turning people off by their marketing and should be focusing more on their product. What makes their pro what, what makes uh, their customer more effective because of their product? Uh, I think that's where the focus has to be and get excited about that.
0: I do think that's, I think that that is absolutely true, the focus on your, your product. But the one thing that when I look at our business, I look at the fact that we all have the same products to buy. I mean you can go to any brokerage firm, you can go to any advisory firm and we all have the same product. It's how it's for us in the investment community, it's how we work with our clients to identify which product is the right one for that client and how that is going to help them to get to their end goal or whatever their dream is. And I know that you know those are the those are the important things. It's really all about also relationships. So I think it is different in terms of every industry for sure.
1: Yes, but also I agree with you, building the relationship is critical and, get, and as you said, getting the results. I mean, people are going to follow you for investment advice if you're getting the results and you, I'm yes. sure you are. And part of that is you know, building a relationship and focusing on the results of the business and what kind of results do your products and services deliver. That's still the end game. You can yes. beat other people, even though they might have the same offering on their website. You can beat them if you can deliver results.
0: And I think the worst thing, and I, I still go back to McDonald's, and I don't know how many years ago this was. My kids were probably little, but they put out a, um, an offer that you could have. It was some gimmick game or something that you got with your, your hamburger and your french fries, you know, and they ran out it was the worst publicity that they could have possibly had because they couldn't deliver and they didn't deliver. And I think that's the important thing. Whatever you put out there, you better be able to be honest about it, be transparent about it and be able to deliver it.
1: Yes. And you see companies do that. And people like McDonald's have, you know, they make mistakes because they're being creative, but they have a great reputation and a great brand Mm -hmm. and that's going to last. And so uh, you know, always stay true to your brand, make sure that you're delivering quality, that your brand and your, your team represent value and quality and respect and ethics. You know, what are the values of your company? Make sure, even though you might make mistakes, that you're centered around the right things.
0: Well, Lauren, again, is telling us that we've got to take a quick break and uh, we have one segment left. And I know that change is hard for a lot of people. And right now, I mean, you said it, the world is changing, business is changing. And I know that um, if you're not good with change, you very quickly will become irrelevant. And so when we come back, can we talk a little bit about how People can, as business owners, as managers, as employees, just in general, how can people better deal with the stress of change and make change work, as, work positively in your life rather than negatively? And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker. I am the founder and the senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. And this is actually moving into our 30th year of having um, been individually um, doing Money Sense. And so this has been a real gift, especially for me in this COVID-19 and actually having a platform that I can bring people who I believe in and people who can talk about a topic that can dispel some of the negative energy and the sensationalism that's being you know, provided through the news and really bring it down to earth. And I'm hoping give you some solutions and maybe raise a red flag here or there and also have someone that you would like to go and talk to. And so you are very welcome to go to my guest today, Gary Ross, who is the CEO of Ross Innovation. You can go to um, to day.net, get some information uh, more about Gary and some of the things he's been talking about. And, you know, Gary, as I said earlier, um, if you're not going to become comfortable with change, um, you will soon, I believe, become irrelevant because everything's going to be moving around you. But change for almost everyone. I mean, it's not just the guy at the top, but it's the manager and it's the employee and it's the employee's family and it's our customers and our partnerships and um, our providers how does someone become more comfortable or sort of attack that elephant in the room that it's causing so much anxiety and um, it's hard to be with the tension of not knowing
1: yes um, well first of all congratulations on the 30 years that's impressive that everyone aspires to do when they start their own business how do you keep it going and make yourself relevant for all those years? And congratulations, you've got this great format going here with the radio show. Great job.
0: Thank you. Uh,
1: you know, change. I, I think when you know when things aren't certain, I would focus on two things. One, that relationship with your people. Let your guard down, you know? Uh, let them get to know you personally and, and get to know them and have a heart. Let your heart out there. Uh, so I think really uh doing that is really really special uh and then uh, the second thing i would say in terms of the change is focus on the short term don't let the long-term view intimidate you uh, because no one knows where it's going long term uh so focus on the month you know how are we going to get the month uh how did we get last month uh what what did we do last month what was successful last month uh what were the programs that worked where did our leads come from now, the deals that we closed, where, what was the source of that? Was, that? was that a marketing campaign? Was it a uh, some type of, of other campaign you did, a social campaign? Just uh, stay focused on that month, how you're doing, the ideas, what's working, uh, because things are, you have to be flexible as you evaluate what's gonna work and what's not.
0: I think earlier in our conversation, you also mentioned asking your employees for feedback they're sort of in all different positions within your company. And maybe I'm just thinking to ask for ideas for change and to ask them for ideas to promote something different. Or what I've asked all of my employees, you know, listen to what's going on and let us know what we're missing. And if there's a void that we can fill that our, our clients might need. And right now I'm recognizing that there's been so much um, unsettledness by my clients and grandparents around their children losing their jobs and worrying about their, their adult kids and families or worrying about their parents who are in retirement communities or who are sick or they can't, you know, they can't see them. And so you know, just looking at what's going on in the world and is there any little part of that void that you can fill?
1: Yes, I think this is a great experience for the CEOs you know, to get you know, this kind of pressure that we're feeling uh, so you're responsible for your team, you know, the more than you ever felt. And I, I know some great CEOs of small companies. I mean, they are fantastic. They're great leaders, you know, but this is this is really challenging everybody uh, and pushing us. Uh, so we're going to become better leaders, you know, through this whole thing. And uh, I think leaning on your faith, uh, not necessarily to get what you want. You really want to focus on how you can be better. Oh, uh, you can use your faith to make you stronger and make others stronger, and not be afraid to lay that out there once in a while.
0: I think it's important too to pause. You know, hit your pause button and take a deep breath. And when things are really tough, I just look around me and I find three or four things that I'm really grateful for, because even though this has been a really tough time for everyone. I think we've all really become aware of how important being connected to other people are. And as you and I talked about earlier, I am missing hugging my grandkids. I'm missing hugging my clients and my friends. I'm missing that connection to people. And I know that we just really um, have been looking at ways that we can stimulate growth. And as I said, growth through purpose. and. We just put up a brand new billboard and um, it said, listen to your intuition call. And then we have our phone number, but it was more about not just calling us, but if you have someone you haven't talked to in a long time, if you have a family member you maybe haven't talked to or an old friend, it's take this time to pick up the phone and call. Listen to what's going on in your heart.
1: Yes, that's right, and you know there is a shift going on and the millennials are pushing it and that is it's not all about the profit, even though you know, to our boards, we know that the financial you know, performance is what counts to the board. Uh, but I think you know, to motivate people and motivate your team, they want more than that. Uh, so focusing on the value your company provides, uh, making it more of an impact as much as you can. Uh, you know, my startup company, can actually save someone's life because we help to heal chronic wounds and surgical wounds so that they heal we can actually save someone's life but not everyone has that kind of uh, mission you know but how can you make it important to your people how can you make your company impactful and not just focus just on the numbers
0: You know, I also see that with this virus, there's been a lot of disparity, but I am absolutely amazed at some of the things that we have found that our clients are doing in just conversations with them, like making masks, cooking, volunteering. People are good and they're reaching out. They're reaching out to take care of each other. And um, it's always sad that we have to be stimulated sometimes because we get so lost in our lives by something happening to really have empathy or to want to go out there and do something different. But it's a it's a wonderful country. People are wonderful. And um, I'm grateful for certain to be where I am and have the people around me that I love so much.
1: Well, we're two positive people, Karen, you and I. And we, you know, people are probably like, wow, they're so positive. But, you know, they, you, you have to approach it like that. And You know, the one thing that this has done, this virus has brought America together, you know, much better, much more than we have been. You know, people have really been impressive, what people have done. Uh, So I'm really proud of, uh, of, you know, not only the Americans, but people all around the world, how we've come together to fight this uh, as a team.
0: Well, and I know that we've talked a lot about all the medical teams that are out there on the front line, but I am so grateful for the people in the grocery stores and the gas stations and all the other frontline services that, that we are able to still get. And I'm home safe and they're putting themselves out at risk. And so I really do appreciate that. And you know, Gary, I always say, look for what's right, not for what's wrong. Whether you're looking at people, you're looking at situations, sure. take the time. Pause. Look for what's right. My guest today is Gary Ross. He is the CEO of Ross Innovation. You can go to his website at inspireyourselftoday.net, or if you would like to, as a business coach, you can go directly to him at Gary Ross at inspireyourselftoday.net. And that's it for today, Gary. Thank you so much. We'll we'll get back to you later at the end of the year and see how this whole thing is rolled out. And I know right. that we've given people a really great, some great ideas today.
1: Thank you so much. Loved it.
0: Thank you. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to our COVID-19 edition of Money Sense. Our goal is to provide valuable information so that you can feel more confident in your financial decisions. You can listen to this show and any that you may have missed at ellenbecker.com slash or on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. To discuss these topics and more with one of our wealth advisors, call us at 262-691-3200 or visit ellenbecker.com for a complimentary consultation.